What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday night. Welcome to the All About the Birds Weekly Report. We do this every Wednesday. It is one of our major four days of original content. We do four shows a week here on the All About the Birds Network. I am joined, as always, on Wednesday nights by Phil, by Jeff, by Johnny. What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing? Doing great. What's up? Phil is uh, hanging up in the mountains again. So, uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil, I gotta ask, man, what what are you indulging in up there? What, what's what's your beverage of choice? What am this I fine indulging in um, tonight? I don't I don't want to show what the bottle is because I'm not giving them any free promotion. But it's uh, <laughs> vodka. Um, I just won't say which brand it is. Um, it's it's definitely the computer lagging and the internet lagging, not sure, sure. the vodka with my slurred speech right now. Just to clear the clear the air up. No, it's listen. You're on mountain time. It's okay. Whatever Dude, I is, literally it, could throw a rock across the river into the mountain. That's how close to a mountain I am right now. Yeah, and then showing all of us up posting on Twitter about your homemade pasta. My right, hold on, hold on a second. I made homemade night. pasta, homemade bruschetta, filet mignon. I made homemade bagels. Uh, we made, you know, we, we basically have cooked and drank uh, the entire last four days. <clears throat> and that's what you call the dream. You know, yeah, I, we, we already got comments rolling in, man. I love this. I, I love a good Wednesday night. We, we, we um, haven't even talked Eagles yet, and they're already we rolling. We're talking about me cooking and drinking. And and, 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 the, and, and the that's what, here. And that's and what Mrs. Show. Jeff is saying here. Yeah. Tonight's <laughs> show. What is tonight's show called? Stay or go. And Chip, yeah. explain what the question of the night is. Stay or go. Explain it to everybody. So the question of the night is really simple. Um. There is a lot up in the air right now with the Philadelphia Eagles and whether or not players should be staying or going. We have already seen multiple big-name players get their bus pass and get the exit. We all know of the quarterback formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz. We don't have to spend any time on him tonight. How, how exciting is that for once? We mentioned it. He is gone. All right. Other players that are already gone. Deshaun Jackson, cut. We knew that was going to happen. Alshon Jeffrey, cut-ish. He's cut, basically. It just hasn't been confirmed by the team yet. Hasn't been officially announced. It has not been official. But we have to just have this conversation because these players are these big names that have drawn – they're the jersey sellers, if you will. Were these the right decisions? So let's just start with – Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Phil, let's start with you. Were these the right two moves to cut these players? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubt that – I mean, we'll all agree that they were the right moves to cut these players. You know, they're both yeah. injury prone. They haven't been on the field much. You know, they had, you know, huge cost-saving, you mm-hmm. know, things by cutting them and all. You know, we love Deshaun Jackson. He's a legend in Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Alshon Jeffries, we don't win the Super Bowl in 2017 without him. But you know what? We- it was time, 100%. 100%. Jeff, what about you? Do you agree with, with Phil there? These were good decisions? Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm saying the theme of this show for me, the stay or go, is blow this roster up. Blow this team up. 
Get rid of all the dead weight. Get rid of all the old players. The one reason the Eagles are in the situation they are with cap-wise is because they keep on bringing back these so-called aging veterans that they keep on thinking are going to change and produce and get healthy. It's not happening. Deshaun played, what, a total of three games in two years? I would say his last moment in Philadelphia Eagles uniform was him uh, – <laughs> was him diving into the end zone and ultimately getting hurt. And Alshon Jeffrey, yes, I would say he helped us win a Super Bowl, but he did. What, what, but okay, he had one little magical year. Besides that, he hasn't done anything for this team either, besides possibly be a distraction and cause drama within the locker room with him and Carson Wentz and Josina Anderson, whoever the hell that drama was. So I tell you what, about damn time. I'm so excited for these players to not be on the team anymore because I need to know. I need like a, a VH1 behind the music on the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I mean? I need a 30, a 30, 30 for 30. 30 about what the hell happened with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Johnny, what, what, I mean, you agree, right? Well, yeah, you had to get rid of those two guys. They're, they weren't doing anything for you. You have to get younger at the position. The money that was tied up, and you saw that with Alshon. They restructured him earlier um, mm-hmm. in the offseason. You knew it was going to be – a cut, a post-June cut, going to label it as, but uh, Alshon's gone. And then Deshaun, we knew, was gone because they weren't going to pay him the amount of money to play, what, one, one and a half games and get hurt? So, well, so one thing that I found interesting, right? And again, we all live on the Twitter. So I found this and I shared this on my show Monday night, the the Alshon by the numbers. Um, I got to share this with, with the with the Wednesday night crew here. So Alshon Jeffrey, over four seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles, made $47.15 million, okay? Here is what he didn't do. Alshon Jeffrey, for $47.15 million over four seasons, never had a 1,000-yard season, never had double-digit touchdowns, and averaged 48.6 receiving yards per game. Alshon Jeffrey needs to be gone. Yeah, a, a, a really interesting question here, a comment on this all, though, is the simple fact that when you're paying these guys, we, we, we need to get younger, obviously, right? Yeah. We, we, we need to save money, right? We're going to have a younger team. It's all obvious. And when we're getting to the free agents and the cuts later, you know, we'll talk about more players. But you have to have some veterans on this team still yes. to, to coach. But when you're making the money that Alshon Djax did, when they're healthy, we noticed it at the end of last year with Travis Fogum. Playing really well. All of a sudden, Alshon was healthy again. Stunning All of a sudden, Travis Fogel went to the bench because you cannot bench an Alshon Jeffrey making, you know, whatever it was last year for, for an unproven guy in Travis Fogel. Right. Well, that you actually saw the same thing with Jason Peters getting to right. start that one game over Mylotta because you were paying exactly. Jason Peters for his experience over Mylotta. And we saw how that blew up in our faces. There are certain spots you can have those veterans as leaders and backups per se, but in certain positions and at certain, you know, prices, you have to, you know, play those people. So getting rid of Alshon and Deshaun Jackson are crucial for both those things, the saving the money plus clearing the way for, you know, not just, you know, Travis Fulgham, but also, you know, Quez Watkins and, you know, Jonathan Hightower, some of these other guys, Hey, Ortega Whiteside's still around, you know, Mm. you know, these guys need playing time. So, you know, why, why did you do that? <laughs> why, why not? I know. So let, let me ask this, right? Because before, before they go, let's, let's just share, right? 
Deshaun Jackson, we love him as a Philadelphia Eagle. Alshon Absolutely. Jeffrey, cool. What was your – so we'll do two and two. We'll go Phil and Johnny, your favorite Deshaun Jackson moment. Jeff and myself will do our favorite Alshons. So who would like to start? Okay. I mean, it's it's pretty easy with Deshaun Jackson. It's it's his punt return against the Giants. Well, I mean, yeah, what, what, what gets any better than that moment right there? I'll say you should only. I'll say that was his first tenure he left. I'll say we should bring up his his moment oh, in his second tenure. In interesting the caveat. I like that. I like that twist. That that's a good twist there. Three games. You only you only have one memory. How, how am I going to pick one moment out of three? I guess I guess his. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm still going with his punt return against the Giants because it'll yeah, live on in infamy. You know, miracle the Meadowlands 3.0. You know, you know, it, it, you just can't beat it. Or as Mike oh. Quick would say, Miracle at the Meadowlands number two. Right. But I'm, that. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go a different memory with Deshaun, and it's going to be the NFC Championship game on that deep bomb that kind of tipped it behind him and caught it to mm-hmm. get the lead that we thought, hey, they were going to make the Super Bowl in 2008. And, of course, you know, the defense couldn't stop him, and, of course, that didn't happen. Right. But that, that's a you know everlasting memory as a – I think he was a rookie at that point, his rookie season. Right. Hey, real quick before we keep going count. on here, we got a lot of first-time listeners checking in. We got a first-timer first time, here. First-time listener, first-time caller. I've seen that at least three or four times. If you're new to the show, we've been building in our following. Make sure yeah. you click the share button on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook if you're on Twitter. Click the retweet button. You know, Follow us on Twitter. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. You know, A lot of new people. We love to see you watching. Spread the word all about the birds. So now that so you nobody's going to say that. I've seen like three wait, wait, of those wait, wait, comments, wait, 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 but we got to jump out that, to those though. people. So nobody is going to say that their favorite Deshaun Jackson, following Jeff's rules, from his second trip, from his second tenure, was the 79-yard touchdown. See, the 80th yard when he flipped. You can't count that. But the 79 right. yards first, that was nobody's favorite memory. But it, but it kind of hurt him. So and ended his career. It hurt him real bad. Oh, why would I like that? His first game back against Washington, where he caught those two touchdowns and had those flips yeah, I mean, in that kind we, of we all thought too. we were winning another so, Super Bowl right then and there. So those are kind of the only Absolutely. two moments from that second tenure. So, but go ahead, go with your Alshon moments because there's a couple, I guess. I mean, mine is from the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. catching a touchdown, catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's there are so few players who can say I scored in a Super Bowl. That is a very small, you know, Super Bowl winners. There's a small fraternity of that. Super Bowl MVP, small. But catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, Alshon, without you, we don't get a Super Bowl, so we appreciate you for that. Yeah. Honestly, no offense to Alshon, but besides that, and we brought up here before, what other freaking memory can he really leave on the city of Philadelphia? The I, really I have an interesting Alshon story, you know, comment on that, but you can go. So... Go ahead. But well, I'm saying there really is no other. I would say one for Alshon. I would say it's it's well, it's the time. I, I think the Super Bowl. my favorite memory isn't really a favorite memory. It's just a very you know poignant memory in my mind is him dropping the pass in 2018 against the Saints. Okay, and and the reason yeah. being because say that everybody too. took that moment. That's when people should have started their Howie hate. You know, realizing that that team, even if he caught that ball, that team wasn't winning the Saints game, and that's when my Howie hate started. You know, at that moment, and all the hate went towards Alshon for dropping that pass, which it still would have created a third or fourth down, whatever it is. We were still so far from scoring. We had one of the worst defenses, 
you know, in the league. There's no way we win that game, even if he catches yeah. that pass. We don't yeah. even necessarily score on that drive. So it's I'm a really crazy. important moment in my last five years because that's where my Howie hate started. Because I realized at that moment the team was not good enough and not mm-hmm. going to be good enough for a long time. Don't yeah. tell that. Don't tell that to Eagles Nation, because according to Eagles Nation, if he makes that catch, we're winning that game and going to the freaking Super Bowl. No, that that's the biggest no, false statement out Agreed. there. It's the biggest misconception. If you want to use the word disagree, I don't care which word you want to say. It's an awful thought process that a lot of Eagles fans have. Yeah, my the other Johnny that I know of. Let me tell you, that's this is a good point. Um, the underrated Alshon play was the catch to set up the the contract maker of Jake Elliott's career. Because that's all he's good for, his career. that 61-yard kick. So we have to thank Alshon for sticking us with uh, with Jake Elliott. Another underrated yeah. moment for Alshon, though, is his Super Bowl interview. I don't know if you guys caught that. They had that a little bit on Twitter, <laughs> too. But that's, that's another – it's not a game moment, but it's just the, the interview process. It was, it was a pretty fun – I would say we, we want to go moment. I would say he was the one that freaking tore this freaking locker room apart with that whole anonymous source of Josina Anderson, which we can't prove is him. So, but well, it could have been, been Howie, the anonymous source. Yeah. So. It's Alshon, bro. The, there, say, Alshon's gone. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Carson Wentz gone. Leaks Nick are Foles still happening. <laughs> Leaks are still happening. Mm. Well, it's Just different – Different leaks. I'll say these leaks. leaks. Those leaks were coming from players. These leaks we know are coming from freaking uh, front office people. Right. So we all, again, we understand that 2021 is the year of the moving on. Right. So we know that we're already moving on. We moved on from CW. We moved on from DJX. We moved on from AJ. Now the question comes in is, how are we still going to get somewhere near the cap, right? Who needs to go from the roster to save money right now? Because what needs to happen in September is we still need to put 53 men on a field every Sunday. How do we do that? And I know, Johnny, I would like you, Mr. Mr. Number Financial Cruncher, to, to share some thoughts before I put up your very difficult um, math that you concocted for us. I put it up. All right, it's up. <laughs> All right. So what I have here is, of course, on the, the one side, the release trade. And I did add stuff um, on the end because I didn't want to put everything. But, of course, we know the Zach Ertz. He, either he's cut or he's traded. It's still the same amount, $4.7 million in savings. Malik Jackson is most likely going to be the other cut that they restructured early in the offseason. He saves you $2 million. It's a post-6-1 cut, so you don't get the money until after that. Same with Jason Kelsey. If he retires – the retirement gets filed post 6-1. You get the $5.5 million afterwards. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, I know they're talking with him about restructuring. So there could be a possible restructure where he restructures down to like a million or so. So there's a little bit there, but you save up some money there, $4.2 million. The Derek Barnett one is something that I want to get into with you guys because mm-hmm. 20, 24 years old, you t- owe $10 million, but you could extend him and lower that cap hit. Yeah, and then two other guys on here at lower level type of guys. Avante Maddox is due two point one million. Um, you can cut him and save that money, and then same yes, thing. Please. With, you know, Matt Pryor is almost a million dollars, which you could find anybody for even better oh. minimum to play better than him. So Matt's I was talking. I forget what the sites the sites called. Is it Sport Tracker or Spot Tracker where they there's, track all the con? They put out track, there that their expectations the is 
that if you extend Derek Barnett or if you cut him, his value on the open market at this moment is about four years, $28 million, about $7 million. Okay. And you save about three, three and a half million dollars, depending on the bonuses, by extending Barnett. And okay. honestly, again, we're talking about youth and getting younger. You cannot cut Dark Barnett just to save $10 million no. right. when you That's can just restructure a 24-year-old end that hasn't hit his ceiling yet. When all you gotta do is extend them, you save three or four million dollars, and, 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 and you're and you're still sitting with a 24-year-old end right there. You can actually extend him and even make his cap hit this year to be like two or three million dollars, exactly. and then you you raise it the next couple of years because the cap's gonna go is gonna Back go up. up with this. So yeah. so a lot of that is interesting, and we'll get into why it makes sense with the next the next list. But of these guys, I kind of think the Derek Barnett staying and the rest of them, I I honestly I think you could you know What's let the rest. What, wasn't there a report that Marquise Goodwin was uh, look, being looked at to be brought back next year as our yes. veteran wide receiver? Yeah, to restructure. So if, if he's restructured to say he makes – last year he restructured to make $1.35 right, off of his salary, but then he opted out, so then it didn't count. So if he does that and saves you $3 million and you still have that veteran presence, not saying he's right. going to contribute oh. a lot, he may not even make the team. But I want to bring up this question right here. I'm sure this means because of Derek Barnett. But what did we all think of Brandon Graham in his in his rookie deal? Exactly. We all thought that Brandon right, Graham exactly. was a total bust. That, that, well, that's a little bit of different circumstance. I would say Brandon. I would say Brandon Graham went from scheme to scheme. They moved him to outside linebacker uh, in the three four system. I would say they thought he was going to excel under Washburn in that right. uh, wide nine scheme, which I would say teams were exposing the middle of that front four or uh, that front four uh, with the wide nine. So I would say I felt people didn't give give BG enough credit and enough chance just for the fact because everyone wanted Earl Thomas. The fact that the Eagles passed up on Earl Thomas, he was under a microscope and every little thing he did and did not do, people would criticize and find a way to rip apart. So I, I, I get your gist. I feel, but I do feel the two are apples and oranges a little bit. You know, the, That's the definitely, other... that's part oh, of yeah. my concern, just, you know, switching gears for a second with whoever we draft at six, if they hold on to that pick. The fan base is going to expect that player to be a most rookies need that learning curve. So I think that, you know, in just in general, Philadelphia, and I think this season will be good for it, needs to start tapering down their expectations a little bit and not expecting every player who is wearing an Eagles roster or wearing an Eagles jersey to be a superstar the first time they step onto a field. That's just in general. And, and here's the thing. We're talking about – you know, getting younger and healthier. Dark Barnett's not a rookie anymore, but, you know, I, I know you can't get rid of every veteran, and I know it's an unpopular opinion and thought, but you could probably actually trade Brandon Graham for something. You but cannot trade is, Josh, Josh Barn, or, or Barnett Josh for money. Barnett. You know, you, you, could, you could go into next year with Sweat and Barnett, two young ends, and probably get a, a half-decent draft pick for Brandon right. Graham. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but what's Brandon Graham? 33, 34? I'll say you're coming off coming off of his first Pro Bowl year, though. I, I know, and that that's where the trade value goes up. All of our it's, players it's, we want to trade have had their value go down. If you talk about Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz, even Darius Slay, all their trade values have gone down in the past year. Or Brandon Graham's went up. So I know yes people don't no. want to get rid of Brandon Graham, but it's something that you have to at least think about. Right. 
But the I'll thing say, is, I, if you trade Brandon Graham, you can't trade him until after June 1st because you're going to trade him and take and, and only save $700,000. Same with Cox. Like those two guys, you have to do it after a certain period. And that's the other thing that's fine. tricky. Well, right. So let's that, let's that's take what how he's supposed to be good at figuring out those details around it. Right. And that's why he's not going anywhere. Because that's this is this is what he does. All right, so then let's look at this, right? And we'll just go quick round robin on these and whether or not we agree or disagree with with uh, Johnny Roseman's uh, plan to stay, save the Eagles. Stay or go. It's called stay or go. So, we we don't so have a real quick on agree disagree. Just so you know, Al, stay or go. I apologize. So then stay or go. Zach Ertz, stay or go. I say right away. Unfortunately, we are in the go portion of his career. Yep. Go. go. He didn't produce enough. Go. You try and get whatever you can. Yep. Yeah, get him out of here. I would say you have Dallas Goddard, who you have some potential in. So I would say Ertz, he needs to go. All right. Malik Jackson, I go. He barely was here enough to but go. I'm going to say go because of it. But remember when we signed Malik Jackson a few years ago, he had a lot of hype coming here. So I have sure, this sure. sneaky feeling if he gets himself healthy – he could be an he could be an asset on a team somewhere. Just unfortunately, you know, two million is two million, even if it's post six one. You know, he's he's probably got to go. Right. And I think you you restructure the beginning for that reason for him to go because get open opens him up to other teams. Well, that too. Yeah, so. that's why they restructured Alshon as well. Yeah. Exactly. Which they, which they need to stop doing. Also, we'll get into that later on. But the Eagles have dug themselves, continue to restructure guys with high contracts and pushing yep. this money along. But I'll say, yeah, Malik Jackson needs to go. I'll say, you if you if you stick with Cox, uh, I'll say Hargrave. I would say might be difficult to restructure. I'll say for a guy that's been injured, he need. I'll say you need to save the money. You need to get younger. Right. Yep. And you know, this is the Eagles have become the experts at you know robbing Peter to pay Paul. The mentality of stealing yep. from the left hand to pay with the right. I mean. At this point, you're just shifting money around a little bit. And we're still like the amount of dead cap space going into this season is I don't understand how you have the ability to put 53 men on the field. So that's that's a whole different conversation, probably for a later show. But the we, draft, it's, it's a big it's a big hole. Um, that's, why, that's why every single name on this list could hypothetically, in my opinion, be a go just because we're not going to be winning. You might as well try right. to trade or cut and save money wherever we can right now. So when we get to 2022, we have, you know, a bucket load of cap space to take right. the young pieces we hope that are drafted right and, you know, build around them. But Chip, right, so- you said you, you talked talk about dead, dead cap. Now, two other huge dead caps the last couple of seasons have been Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks. It's, uh-huh. all about, it's all about what Phil said. It's all about drafting and to be able to take these young players and get productivity out of them. And, and you can win a lot Developing them. Right. Exactly. The Eagles have not developed a player in, in years. Um, so that's that's big. Uh, okay. This one, I think, deserves a little more than the quick go around. Jason Kelsey, Johnny says $5.5 million if he retires or it's filed post-June 1st. I'm going to start with this one because I have a very, very clear, distinct feeling. You put Jason Kelsey in the room and say, what do you want to do? Do you want to retire? Okay. Do you want to stay here? Okay. Do you want to be – because Jason Kelsey has earned that. I am not willing to save $5.5 million if Jason Kelsey still plans to be an NFL player. If Jason Kelsey wants to be in the NFL, he must be a Philadelphia Eagle. He is still playing at a Pro Bowl, all-pro level, and he is a future 
Hall of Famer. Jason Kelsey doesn't get thrown into a scrap heap. Jason Kelsey had probably his worst year with the Eagles this past year, and he yes. still was the best center in football, basically. Correct. So, arguably, maybe one, two, something like that. He still was a Pro Bowl center. Okay, yep. He was still voted as one of the best centers. And the football. only offensive lineman to play year. all the games. Yeah, and the only I think offensive lineman to play all the games. You do not, you do not cut him or release him. You still could probably trade him somewhere, but I say you do everything in your power no, you to convince him to stay, because for a young quarterback, the next most important, the, the the most important part of having a young quarterback is having a great young coach or a mentor for him. The next right. best thing is that connection with the center, and who better to groom Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. than having, a, like you said, a Hall of Fame center? Snapping the ball to him, helping him with protection and callouts and and things like that on plays. You you got to keep Kelsey if you have to. And my thing with that is Phil, because there are so many holes on the entire team. I can't also add replacing Jason Kelsey as a so if he's willing to play another season or two, you need to do everything in your power to make him do that. And we can replace him down the line. We can draft a center in the next year or two that he can then groom. This is not a position that we need to be adjusting right now. Yep. I, my, my feeling is uh, I'd like him to stay, but he's going to retire. That's just – that's why he, he's going to retire. That's just how I feel. With the whole thing. I tend to agree. I tend to agree because his two best friends are about to be off this team. Right? Carson is gone. Z Zach Ertz is going to be off. So, the, the reality is his best friends are going to be off the team. His coach is off the team. You know, Jeff Stoutland is coming back, but that's not – I mean, that there's no – so I do see the possibility of Jason Kelsey retiring. He's always on the fence about it. But if he wants to play in the NFL, it's got to be as a Philadelphia Eagle. I'll say – I love You're Jason so Kelsey. On it there. No, I love Jason Kelsey, but if it wasn't for that speech, would we really be that heartbroken if he moves on? Yes. My, he's the best center in football. He's in that, he's dropped a bit. He's still at he's still playing at a decent level. I do not consider him the best center in football at this moment. But I'll say my thing is we need to go into this offseason with a plan. I'll say and if Kelsey every single season is contemplating whether he wants to retire or not, that's okay. But you need to give that dude a deadline. You need to tell him we need to know by this date whether you okay. are retiring or not. Because if you if you don't give us a dead if you don't give us a dead uh, decision, then we're moving on from you. We need to move forward. Like I said, with like I said earlier, we need to blow this roster up. Anything, anyone that's an aging veteran with a high cap salary needs to go. The next season. Not that the, the front off the front office basically already mailed it in next year. They already basically say next year's a rebuild. We're, that we're not that we're not going to win. So this offseason is the year to get all this money off the books and stop being so loyal to players that have done stuff in the past. When we need to look forward to the future and what's now with this roster. So but remember, they're in the NFC East. So even with a dog shit bare minimum care. roster, they can pull a major league Cleveland Indians, you know, and still win the damn thing. Winning the division ain't the ultimate goal. We brought up in this on this show a Super Bowl championship is the ultimate goal. And us winning the division, yeah, it's a little bit of strides from last season. But if we don't draft a quarterback and we don't feel Jalen Hurts did well enough, even if we make the playoffs to be our franchise quarterback, that destroys our draft stock for the following but, year. But Jeff, yeah. you can't you can't 
go anywhere if you don't make the playoffs first. You never know what you have until you make the playoffs. You this, don't. Team, I, I understand this team what is not team going is. to be built for the playoffs, no matter what. I would say the Eagles need to completely revamp this whole roster. And with doing that, I would say that ultimately puts the clock on Howie Roseman and his time here as a general manager. Because if it's a crapshoot and the next two to three years they don't improve at all, then Howie's Jeffrey Lurie has no excuse but to fire Howie Roseman. And I might be willing to accept that. I honestly feel no matter what the Eagles do, this offseason, we're in a three to four year rebuild. I, I, I totally agree. And the fact that yeah. the ownership themselves have said this is a rebuild should tell you everything that every single player is expendable. The fact that their franchise quarterback was expendable. Every player is expendable. Going back to a comment earlier on, who is who is a untouchable? No We've one. We've kind of learned that nobody. Nobody is untouchable on this well, roster. Like I said, every single name on this list and the next list we put up can go, in my opinion. I right. wouldn't hate it. But, again, the Dolphins, and who's the other team that has, like, 50 draft picks over the next two years? The Eagles should be trying to trade as many players as they can, get as many fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks, first, second-round picks, if you actually had a star that had any value. You know, they, uh -huh. they should be literally trying to get whatever draft capital they can, get young. And, and and you saying that, I'm, I'm going to segue over to the other side of this graphic for yeah. a second because you mentioned mm -hmm. trading players, and I think that's a good segue point. I think every single yeah. name on that trade side should be at least considered by Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie to be traded. Right. So now here's my question when I look at whether or not to trade players. Within the next four to five seasons, are they going to be past their prime? Meaning, mm -hmm. we understand we're in a rebuild. We understand this is going to be down seasons. Do we need to move these players so that they have a chance to be successful elsewhere and win championships? Okay. You to say two Using to three years because some of these guys aren't here four to five years. Well, right. And, so and that, that, that also ties into my barometer then. That ties into my point. Yeah. If they're not even going to be here in four to five years in the NFL, then they're absolutely tradable right now. Exactly. So looking just, at this I, list. I think that whole point got brought up. I want to say it was the Mike Nelly show back in like 2010 or 2011 when he was talking about the Phillies and Ruben Amaro was giving out all these big contracts to the aging vets. And he's like, look, we're going to go into a dark zone if they keep giving out these deals and look what happened. So yeah. the same thing applies here. All these guys on the right side have some form of trade value. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Mustang's bringing up, you know, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has probably got some of the highest trade value of anyone anyone on this team. You could probably get a second or a third round pick for Miles Sanders, in the my only, opinion. Well, that, well, well that's, what, that's what I was about to say. I was, you can't just trade them because what happens is you eat all that money goes against the cap. You save nothing. But so Miles Sanders is our rookie younger for the future. I would say my, for Miles Sanders, I would say I disagree with Mustaine 3651 about him being untouchable. I would say just like you said, Phil, I would say he probably has one of the highest value. He's in a rookie deal with two years left. And I would say, do you really want to waste those two years? I would say with us losing or rebuilding or whatever the hell we're going to do and waste right. that talent, risk Absolutely. injury, that. And also I would say – he. Are you going to have the money to pay him, depending if he does come out and become a standout player? Are you going to want to give him that huge contract in two cap seasons? Hits now, right. we're already so, on Cap Hill. Cap hits right. now to trade for future draft assets. Yes, we don't trust Howie Roseman in the draft, but you still have to think that way in the sense that you need as much draft capital as you can so that if he's got 15 picks next year, 
you know, hell, at least he's going to hit on maybe one or two of them. But, right. You but have I don't want to create holes in this roster, yeah. right? So Right, but my but right, but Miles Sanders is a good running back in his rookie deal who has not hit his prime yet, right? So he could hit the prime right at the time that the Eagles are coming out of this rebuild. That's a player I would want to keep. Yeah, but I don't want to create a problem Sanders, with running Miles back one. Sanders, if you look at Dalvin Cook last year and all these running backs in their rookie year, sooner and sooner in their rookie deal, they're holding out for that big money. Yep. Running backs shelf life is so so short. Miles Sanders, as soon as he has a half a good season, he is going to want to get paid so much right, right now. And but remember, you you're also talking about Miles Sanders. You get rid of him now before you got to pay him because we're not going to be good enough. If you say it's going to take three, four years for him to be good, why are we going to pay him? Probably at the end of next year, he's going to want a massive extension. Right. We're not also remember, when we got year. Miles Sanders out of Penn State, he was not coming with the, you know, the phrase, a lot of tread on his tires. Right. So he is not one of those running backs who – had to run the ball for 4,000 yards in college and carry and carry and carry and carry a team. So his shelf life might be a little bit longer. I am a big – so Miles Sanders isn't even on this list. He's going to be an eagle for at least the next two seasons. I look at this list, the trade restriction restructure list. Javon Hargrave can go. We already have problems. We have a defensive line where we're okay. Uh, we have some young guys who can fill holes. Darius Slay, our secondary is a goddamn mess anyway. Darius Slay is a very good player – and has trade capital. I don't want him to go. I like him his, as an his eagle, value but he's not went down a lot. Yeah. So I would, I would say where, where was big time? Where was the big play slay that he supposedly has his Twitter handle? He had well, one interception last year, and he was constantly getting burned uh, in the Seattle game. So, but again, Jeff, why would you throw it to his side if on the other side you have Craven LeBlanc? If you but have Levante Maddox, if you have Mikhail Robbie Coleman. Burned. You know, you have you have practice squad corners on the other side. You didn't need to throw it to Darius Slay. And well, no, and also Slay has a big ego, and he kept on telling Jim. I would say someone said it's Jim Schwartz. He yeah. told Jim Schwartz, "I don't need help. Don't put safety over the top. Don't help me double team. I can handle this guy." And then there was times when he wasn't man the man single coverage trying to jam. He would get burned. So it wasn't all on Jim Schwartz. I would say it was a lot of ego with Darius Slay. And I'll say, really, you just gave up a third round pick and with that high and the high contract. A team's gonna give you less than that. You're probably gonna get at most probably a fourth round pick, maybe at a conditional most. fourth at round, most. and maybe you up to a third. You might get a fifth and as you look into a fourth for Darius Slay right now. Yeah, exactly. And you look at these other three trade names, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and now we're getting into the, the loyalty factor, right? Javon Hargrave, Darius Slay, we don't have any loyalty. They're not long-term Philadelphia Eagles. Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks. You're talking – Fletcher Cox Fletcher, the one that I think stays – Fletcher Cox, I want you to keep. I want you I to think keep. he gets – I think his numbers aren't as high as people expect because he's a de- but he's a defensive tackle. He's constantly getting double-teamed. The guy had his best years when there was a great rotation around him so he could get the rest. He hasn't had that great rotation because of Hargrave or Malik mm-hmm. Jackson, other names not performing up to what they are brought here to do. I, well, I still think Fletcher Cox does a lot better than people give him credit for. That and yeah. Hargrave picked things up down the stretch. I know we he were criticizing him in the beginning of the year, but he stepped things up as he and, got healthier. He was hurt before the season started, and it took him a little while to get going. But yeah. – uh, on the other side of the equation, I can't justify trading Lane Johnson or Brandon Brooks. I know Lane Johnson is turning to Jason Peters 2.0. I know Brandon Brooks has three straight season-ending injuries. Mm-hmm. 
But our offensive line, we already talked about Jason Kelsey. Our offensive line is way worse than people give it credit to. So you got to bring those guys back just in the hopes that they're even okay because I know some people will say Driscoll or Pryor or whoever might have a but chance. We but we don't know. But, but no, you he, have to bring Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks back. You have to. Chip, Chip, put that graphic back up with these sure, guys. Sure. You said so. You talked about dead cap money. You just signed Hargrave to extension. You can't just get rid of him. You can. What I know what what Jeff said. Everything. The restructure aspect. The guy's turning twenty six years old, and he showed you down the stretch. The other issue is you have negative forty three million dollars in cap space. By March seventeenth, you have to be at at least zero. You have to be all has to be in the green or at zero for you to even be that that's that's what you have to be at the league gear. You can't just get get rid of guys because Darius Slay, you have to trade him after June 1st or else you owe money to the cap. Same thing with Fletcher Cox, same thing with Lane Johnson, same thing with Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks, I think you save two million if you trade him now. You can't just get rid of those guys and expect to have cap space right now. That's the other issue you have to look at when you when you look at it. That's why the guys on the other side you could see those being more of a situation right. of getting rid of because it's the immediate cap space, most and, likely, except for a couple. And, of and I look at just get rid of certain guys. Right. And I look at Lane Johnson. I look at Brandon Brooks and look when they're healthy, they are Brandon Brooks is the best right guard in football. And Lane Johnson is one of the best right tackles in football when they are healthy. And that is becoming a severe issue. So, you know, the comments are saying like, you need an offensive line to protect them. They're not on the field. They're not the ones doing the protecting. If they are not healthy, they are not on the field. And that is the bigger issue. You are taking a potentially new franchise quarterback and putting them behind a cheese grater offensive line. Real quick, Johnny, before, if, if we traded Brandon Graham, how much would it save off the cap? And what time frame would he have to be traded for? Does it have any cap savings whatsoever? So if you trade Brandon Graham, you have to trade him after June 1st. You could trade him before. You only save $712,000. But if you right, trade okay. him after June or cut him after June 1st, you get immediate $13 million. What the hell is okay. up with this June 1st date? I'll say this, this this June 1st date screws everything up because most of these teams, they have their the draft is over with. They have their teams assembled. So unless there's a major injury in training camp or so, someone they just feel isn't going to pan out, they missed out on someone, June, they're not going to make trades. They're not going to go after these guys. June Before 1st. we move on to the next list, can I add one name to this list? And I know we, we already <laughs> took – no, no, I'm not going to add Brandon Graham. I'm going to add another name. I know we already took the biggest cap hit ever for a quarterback getting cut or getting traded. Um, so we might as well take the biggest cap hit in another position. And I know it only saves us like four dollars, a Big Mac value meal on our you know cap you know space. I know where he's going. Can we just, can we just get rid of Jake Elliott, please? I knew it. I yep. Knew he was please. I mean, Elliott. I would rather get that Big Mac you know value meal savings. And not have to watch him kick anymore. Well, the thing is, uh, Phil, you know what you can do? You can bring in a kicker to compete with him, and you can actually get rid of him in training camp and actually save yourself money. So that, there you yeah, go. There is a well, let's do that. Come but, on. Can we yeah, please move on? This. I mean, didn't my was it Miami that just signed a kicker to a massive deal? Yeah. Someone this week or late last week just signed a kicker. Did they not but see what happened it. to Philly? I mean, come yeah, on Jason now. Sanders, they just signed. But this is why Johnny Roseman needs to be running the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I mean, this Johnny Roseman like, knows what's up. He has all well, the numbers ready why, to go later. See, see, Johnny Roseman understands the cap. That's why I said weeks ago and 100 times in past shows, there's 100 Harvard Business School people that can run yeah. the cap. You need you a GM this. that knows how to pick players. 
and then a Johnny Roseman that knows how to figure out the numbers and all the loopholes to, to, to manage the contract aspect of it. And, and that's the problem to, on this to, team. To Jeff's point, asking about the June 1st. So the June 1st, Jeff, what happens is you cut someone, it cuts that signing bonus in half. So you take half of it this year and half of it next year. So you get yeah, more yeah. salary cap relief. That's basically why teams do it. But you can only you can only designate two players before June 1st to do it. That's why Alshon and Malik, you can't do anybody until after June 1st you can start doing cuts. <laughs> it's, it's not going to stick, just so you know. It's, it's not. not gonna it's not, but I might start a new hashtag. All right, so then real quick, the last four names on the left. Marquise Goodwin, Derek Barnett, Avante Maddox, Matt Pryor. I think collectively we can agree Pryor and Maddox need to go. I don't think and there's any conversation at all. Yeah. Yep. Pryor, Maddox, and, even, and even if Pryor only saves you 920000 it's almost a mil. I'll take that 920000 back. Thank you, please. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll talk Marquise Goodwin. I said it on this show. Johnny, Jeff, go pull the footage from when we signed him before he opted out. You know, and, and let me let me preface this by saying there's a boatload of people when the Marquise Goodwin comments you know, came out that he might stay with the Eagles, bashing mm-hmm. him for sitting out for COVID. He had a young baby just yeah, born. You know, I am. I think anybody that bashes him for sitting out, you know, his wife I, I don't care if you unfollow all about the birds. It's an awful opinion, and you should not bash a person from – we're talking six, eight months ago when so much less was known about it and all. You know, that's out of here. But I said before when we signed him, one of the most overrated signs there was, he's never stayed healthy for an entire season. So he's basically a poor man to Sean Jackson that gets hurt all right. the time and has some speed. So but if he can go as far as he wants. But I'm saying, hey. say we're moving on from D-Jack. We're moving on from, obviously, Alshon. You asked Phil earlier about who's going to be that veteran. I'll say Goodwin, if he's willing to restructure at a cheaper number, yeah. he could he's be that veteran. for a million dollars, sure. Yeah, exactly. I'll say if he's willing to restructure, I'm okay with him sticking around to be that veteran presence. And he, he still has that speed. He can still provide that deep play threat possibly if Jalen Rager doesn't pan out. As yeah. far as Derek Barnett, He's going to have to restructure. I'm not paying him $10 million for a, on a one-year deal if he blows his knee out again at the beginning of the season and misses four or five games. I'm not getting stuck with that uh, that type of a compensation that you have to pay him. I'll say, but he might have a little bit of leverage. If they decide to move on from Brandon Graham with his higher cap number, I'll say he might – I'll say he might – I'll say I, I feel they're going to keep either Barnett or Graham, one of the two, not both, especially with the emergence of Josh Sweat last season uh, coming off the bench and being very productive. Right, and you throw the heat at me. I'll say keep Barnett over Brandon Graham. You're right, and you do still need to have 53 men on the roster. Like there's no, there's no question about that. We still need to have 53 players. So my big things are going to be: how much money do you save? Are you creating new problems? Right, we already have a problem at wide receiver, but we have young guys who to, can fill that hole. And a coach who is a former wide receiver himself and can teach. Therefore, I'm good with but, the young guys rolling into camp. Marquise Goodwin can go. But I'll say, and you keep. I'll say, I agree with you. And when when to that point when it came to Miles Sanders because he's still a young rookie guy. But right. I'll say they're going to be building this roster through the draft. It's they're getting they they're going to have to get younger because of the cap situation. They're not going to be able to improve the roster through free agency. So they're going to try sure. to get a buttload of draft picks somehow. And that's also why I know we keep on bringing up that chip and I agree with you that they're going to trade back. They're going to I believe they're going to trade back not just get compensation, but they have that lesser impact on the cap when it comes to that rookie contract. Mm-hmm. I would say instead right. of having a top uh, 6, top 8 uh, for, uh cap money when it comes to a rookie deal, you might see him move outside the top 10 just to uh, try to leave in the blow if they feel a guy that they can make an impact that they like will be there later on. Right. 
and Tyrell Williams, I see that that coming through. Yes, he he played under Sirianni. Um, he was just cut today. I I do think that he could get in here for decent, respectably cheapness. At minimum. Um, yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. You're going to see players joining this team that are um, familiar with Sirianni, and he has familiarity with. All right, you're going to you're going to see a lot of players joining this team that are on prove it deals. Guys yes. have had past success, but have struggled or been hurt. Especially one to two with, year deals, right? Situation, especially with the cap and the COVID, you're 100 percent right there, Phil. Yeah, Derek Barnett's the last name on the list we haven't talked about. I'm doing great tonight, you know, so I'm always right. <laughs> Derek Barnett, um, self high five. He's young. He he hasn't hit his stride yet. He he. I think that he's going to be back, and I think he should be back. I'm not ready to call him quits yet. I agree. All right, so, All right. So, so we did that. I mean, I thought that was going to take a 30-minute segment there. That took Well, that was awesome. There just to go over that. So then let's look at a different list, right? So we just did the hypothetical. We did the hypothetical who could go list. The next list that we have available is the list of actual decisions that need to be made, right? This is the list for the Philadelphia Eagles that are unrestricted free agents restricted free agents, and I actually had to look up this term, exclusive rights-free agents. Or I had to Google search that one as well. I had to Google that one. So off of this list, and I'm going to let Jeff start, because I know Jeff has some – he's on the fence about some of these names. Um, Jeff, who on this list do you think should be back? Honestly, the only one that deserves to be back is Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton, I would say, uh, played his heart out last year. He was a tackling machine. He's a little bit of liability in coverage. I don't know if I consider him a really a three-down linebacker yet uh, with him uh, until he develops properly. But hopefully Gannon, our new defensive coordinator, can find a way with him. That, and I would say, we, we, we have no linebackers. We suck at linebackers yeah. right now. So I would say you at least bring in a guy that pr- proved last year that he can make plays when called upon when given the opportunity. But the rest of these scrubs, let them freaking go. I'll say, like I said, blow it up. Don't I, We don't need these aging veterans. We don't need Corey Clement. We don't need Jason Peters. Move on from them. I'm sorry, Johnny. Jalen Mills. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. I want to warn the audience. I want to warn the audience. So for those of you that don't know, there is a, how do I put this? A moderate debate. There's a moderate beef. <laughs> not a beef. Between it's, I one of them off the top of hell in a cell on this one. Between yeah. one of the names on this list. So if you are listening and you are at 100% volume on your phone, on your laptop, whatever it is, turn yourselves down to about 80. Uh, because what's going to happen is I am going to say this name and I'm going to let these two gentlemen debate on it for the first time live on air. So no, we've debated it on the air before. I don't think you're about to do it like this. <laughs> this is about, I'm afraid about this. One. I've proven it already. All right, Jalen Mills. Should he stay or should he go? Johnny, start. Oh, I say he stays. You know, you have you have a coaching staff that loves you know longer type of defensive backs. They play a certain style, and they've they've done really well with guys like Pierre Desir and you know Xavier Rhodes after he's struggled and lost a step and slower. And a player like Jalen Mills, who, yes, he switched to safety, a hybrid type of safety, and he actually improved his play from playing cornerback. 
And the numbers all show that he did that. You know, everyone says numbers never lie, which is true. I understand he, you know, people like to always discredit everything he does because some people don't like his swagger, which I know some people don't like his swagger and what he, what he brings. I, I understand that. And he's not Malcolm Jenkins. I know he's not that leadership type of Malcolm Jenkins role guy that uh, people kind of thought he was, he wanted to be. But for me, you look at a lot of safeties in this league and what he did for me, if it's three, $4 million, why not? Because you look at the list of safeties that they're going to be making nine, 10, 11 million dollars that you're not going to be able to afford. I think he fits in this defense with a, a secondary coach type of defensive coordinator. I, to me, I bring him back because he's a, he's a veteran and he's only what I think he's 25 or 26. He's I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Go ahead, Phil. I was waiting for First it. Off, Jalen Hurt or Jalen Mills, he sucks. He playing old <laughs> sucks. Okay. I don't think I could describe it any worse. But here's actually where I've changed my mind a little bit. See, I, you oh, thought oh. I was just going to bash Johnny here. We don't know what our defensive scheme is going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dylan Mills absolutely stunk because Jim Schwartz used him and 90% of the defense the wrong way. And right, where right. Sirianni has been quoted 100 times saying he's going to coach to his players' successes, Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson just coached their way and hope the guys they had on the roster played that way. Jalen Mills cannot play the way in a system that is coached by Jim Schwartz. He just cannot. Now, Johnny says if you know you can get him for three, four million dollars, there's not one guy on this list that I care if they do not come back. I don't care. Yeah. Every single name on here could be gone. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop a single bead of sweat. I wouldn't be upset. I would I wouldn't cry, cry a drop. But if you can get any of these guys, well, some of these guys on vet minimums, you do need veterans. You do need people that know the city and know some of the other players in the locker room. You know, at $2 million or whatever it is, you bring Jalen Mills back if and only if he is going to be used to the best of his abilities. So, Which right. I don't know what the best of his abilities are because we haven't actually seen him used to the best of his abilities yet. So this is where I'll bring you of the improvement of Mills. So 2019, he had an awful year, which we knew that. We, we watched him play. Um, he improved in 2020 by a whole hell of a lot. Over 20 points in his, the quarterback rating up against. There's a, a lot of metrics. I know numbers and everything. But he improved drastically when he switched to safety. He is a safety, a down-in-the-box safety. And he's young still, so I still I, – I let him play because guess what? Rodney McLeod's going to start on the pup list. He's not going to play probably the first couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, that injury was pretty serious. I actually want to go back to Alex Singleton for a second because yep. Jeff was talking about Alex Singleton and how he earned his spot back. First off, what was our record last year, guys? Can we pop that uh, up real quick? Crap, crap, and crap. Yeah, I didn't say that. Ten games? Do we win nine games? Twelve games? I didn't but, say he was a um, difference maker. I said I would say you know, when it comes one to the player on this team earned their roster spot for next year. Not I one player. I said I, 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 I would like to you, you said he earned the right to have a chance to start next year. He didn't earn it. Nobody earned it. Okay. I said he, he just got getting younger. He is just starting to figure things out. He's 27 years old. By the time he figures it out and we're contending in 2022, 2023, he's going to be pushing 30 years old. I know you say our linebackers suck, but do we really know what we have in Davian Taylor yet? 
Do we really know what we have in Duke Riley yet? These guys have not sniffed the field. But you but play the twenty-two-year-old linebackers over the twenty-seven-year-old Alex Singleton. I because know, right, but we do right. know with Singleton that he is at least so again, he does need some coaching up. He's he's, he's a liability in coverage. We know that. Okay. But Everybody, over hundred every, tackles. Hey, Jeff Malone, the the guy we got in the Charles Barkley trade, led the Sixers in scoring one year. We were like right. two wins that year. But Everybody in a rebuild in stats every year. But in a rebuild, again, is he good enough to be on a rebuilt team? But why would you have a 27-year-old on a rebuild team when you can have a 22-year-old? Damian Taylor and Kayvon Wallace, if we're in a rebuild mode, should start all 16 games next year. 100%. Right, but maybe they still can't. Maybe they still can't. You still How do we know that, player? though? We never really saw them on the field to find right. out. But wait, you you know, we, we talk about depth on the team. We talk about issues with the depth, and we've talked about it year in and year out. But the other thing you think of is they're exclusive rights free agent, which means – he can offer $700,000, and either he can say, I'll take it, I'll be on the team, or he says, I don't want it, and he can sit out. So exactly. here's, here's the thing. Back if you're going to pay a guy that price tag, and he, he he led the team in tackles last year, did he not? Yes. He did. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to play him then if he's on this team. If he's on the team, he will play. He will be not your starting linebacker. Like Johnny said, well, he'll go into the season starting, but I still feel they're going to address the linebacking position in the draft, whether it's the late round pick. So I'm not, I'm, say, I'm just saying bring him back. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-pro linebacker just be off the of last season. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying as far as guys on this list that I would be okay with bringing back, he is the one. I he say is a serviceable thing. linebacker for where this team is at right he now. Is- he is a guy that's going to lead your team in tackles and then also lead your team to four wins. But I think there's bigger – like this team needs linebackers, but there's more than one linebacker on a field at a time. So if you have a guy who at least is around the ball at all the time – You know, you can get, right. you can get away with two linebacker schemes, one linebacker schemes. Right, but that's the other thing. We don't know the scheme yet. Looking exactly. at the rest of this list, right, so – there's very few names on this list that I think need to come back. Um, one name that, and this is, if you recall the Super Bowl preview show that we did, I said special teams can make or break a game. And you saw the punter for the Chiefs absolutely shit the bed. <laughs> Cameron Johnston, Cam Johnston, is statistically one of the best punters in football. Now, I understand that's not a sexy pick. That's not an exciting pick. But if you got a guy who's good at what he does and you don't need to fill that hole for whatever X amount of dollars, bring Cam Johnston back. He is at least statistically a good to great punter. I'm not yeah. paying no punter over millions of dollars. I don't care. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. If he wants anything more than the vet minimum, I'm not bringing him back. Agreed. Agreed. I'm not saying break the bank for the punter. What I'm saying is, if he well, is, he already, Howie Roseman already broke the bank for the kicker. So you exactly. He, he we don't need to have the, the most honor yeah. as well. We What's don't need to have the most expensive. Yeah, we don't need the most contract. expensive special teams in the NFL. What I'm saying though is, Cam. Again, you saw in the Super Bowl what a shit punting job does for you, and it changed Absolutely. the outcome of a game. Cam Johnson at least is good at what he does. If he's will, if he's able to come back for an affordable price, Cam Johnson on this list needs to come back. Singleton, he's come back again. Affordable prices. Richard Rodgers, since you're moving on from Ertz, you still need another tight end and one who played when Goddard can't stay healthy. So for me, 
off of this list, Johnston, Rogers, Singleton, and maybe, well, Jalen Mills, I think, needs to come back just again for depth purposes. And maybe if he can be coached, Craven LeBlanc. But besides that, everybody else can yeah. go. I, I agree with you on Richard Rogers, unless we draft yeah. Kyle Pitts. If we draft yes. Kyle Pitts in the first if round. If that's the case, then he's gone. Well, if you trade Zach Ertz and draft Kyle Pitts, he's gone. If you keep Zach Ertz and you still have Dallas Goddard, you might not meet Richard Rogers because he's going to command a little bit more money than he commanded last year. His price tag will – he did enough in limited opportunities to increase his price his you know, tag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sure, the sure. price tag is cheaper than where Kyle Pitts will get drafted in the first round. Yes. So sure. Richard Rogers, I think you could bring back as your number two tight end if needed. And he's actually the name that jumps out the most. And I know everyone's going to call me a hypocrite for saying this. Y'all said, you know, Marquise Goodwin for that veteran leadership in the wide receiver room. I hate Mr. 20 catches for 47 yards, but Greg Ward is the guy. If you're going to make the argument for the price tag of Alex Singleton in the, I can't yeah. even say it, ERFA, you know, category there, Greg the Ward. Urfa. No. Urfa. no, no Greg no, Ward is no. the Urfa on this team. The only reason Greg Ward made the roster last season is because his best friend, uh, Carson Wentz, was on this team. So the fact with Carson being gone, I don't think they bring Greg Ward back. If you need a veteran wide receiver, and again, I'm totally hypocritical here because you all know I hate Greg Ward for being on this team. (laughs) But would you rather Greg Ward as the veteran in that wide receiver room or Marquise Goodwin, a guy that has respect in this organization – or a guy that's never actually stepped foot right. in the organization. I don't know. I'm not being hypocritical. He's still Mr. 20 catches for 47 yards. But again, but it's also different, Phil. The the way we went into the season last year we versus we the way we're going contenders. into the season. It's different. Johnny, you were about to say something. Go ahead. No, like the Greg Greg Ward and Jalen Hurts have a know connection because they know each other so you may see something with you bring him in bring him into camp if he doesn't make the team he doesn't make the team but he's not going to cost you a seven hundred thousand dollars or whatever you bring him in they don't make it's a lot of these guys you bring him in to compete like they said like sirianni said these guys are going to compete alex single alex singleton comes in and he doesn't play very well or he doesn't he plays okay that all right you know what he's not going to start but he's going to be a special teams player you're as depth you know, there's certain things you could see that. And, and for again, me, it would be it would be Jalen Mills coming back. I, you know, the the ERFA guys. You know, let them come back and see what they do. And then the other guys, if you get rid of a Malik Jackson and say Fletcher Cox gets traded, I'd bring Ridgeway because he's cheap and he's a veteran. He yeah, cost a lot. that's that's Otherwise, fair. That's, that's fair. about it. Otherwise, I just go to the draft, get these young guys, and do and do it like that. That I'll say, I feel, or uh, Chip, I'll say your point about Johnson. I'll say he did play la- well last year, but uh, the projected re- uh, restricted free agent tender numbers uh, for, for first right of refusal, their salary is two point one three million. So that's too much for a punter. That's yeah, too much so, for a punter. So it's too much for a punter on a four win team. Yeah, but again, so, and and and, um, and Peanut said this a second ago. You know, he's going to be on the field more than the quarterback, so pay him. You know, <laughs> you you pay to play the game. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's so tough. And I know this was a very list heavy show, but if you think about we'll it, charts next week, don't worry. We will do charts, and you know, uh, <laughs> well, I ideally would love was like the little uh, part of the interruption, like giving you guys points and ups and downs and hosting it that. But that's figure not out how at. to do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that that's a game changer if we figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
But again, I think one big takeaway from this show is that everybody is expendable on a Go. team that won four games. Every like I feel I'm going to give you a little bloop, 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 bloop right now because the point that you made is nobody earned a spot. You're a four-win team. Nobody earned a spot. That's a fantastic point. And if the franchise quarterback, the former franchise quarterback, is expendable, then nobody is safe. And hopefully, oh, Jalen Hurts isn't safe in my opinion. No, and they no. even said that. They said flat out, like, he's going to compete. Now, I don't know if they're just saying that or if they said it. But the point is, is that no, and nobody should be safe because you need the fire back in Philly. You need the fire of, you know what? I'm an NFL football player. I want to be here. I have to earn my spot. That's what's missing from this team. And when I look at this list, I go, okay, who are good locker room guys? Singleton does a ton of stuff with the Special Olympics. He's a good yeah. dude. And I, I wrote down a, a, a quote that he made, and this is the only reason why he could consider to stay is that he said he wants. He didn't say I would, you know. He didn't say I want to be this or that. He's like, uh, my goal is to break the single season tackle record for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean that's breaking a legendary record right there, you know. And that's right. what he wants to do. So at least he's got the the right mentality going into it. I still just don't like the fact that he's 27 and just starting to make a name for himself. I just think he's, I, I don't think he's as good as people think, but I love I don't his think he's as good either, but he's a, being, right. he wants to be the best. But he those are, are only one year deals anyway, I think one or two year deals. So it's not like and, he's going to be for me growing up as a defensive, like lover, right. You know, watching the Dawkins, watching the Trotters, watching the Hollis's and the Hughes. How about we go I back want, to Willie Thomas is the Seth Joiners, right. you know? I want the balls to the wall going 110 miles an hour. And if you fuck up, at least you were trying. You know what I mean? I want that. Don't look at the time. I said the F-bomb. I watched you look at the time real quick. I saw it. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, didn't I drop want the guy two times like Prince did. Or no, no Prince just did. I want the guy who's going to run 100 miles an hour into a brick wall. And that's what I think Singleton brings to this team. Because as soon as you establish that as the culture of the franchise, then you have a team that follows that. Not the pretty boy mentality that just moved to Indianapolis. Yeah. F yeah. Final thoughts, my friends, because we, uh, uh, let's see, have any of you guys ever went, have any of these ever, no. I don't think these guys are going through a rebuild, and none of these players have gone through a rebuild. So it's going to, we have not seen an Eagles legitimate rebuild in a while. And we kind of uh, we've we've kept saying we we kept getting lucky because in 2017, you damn right I do. You're damn right I do. That's the football I love. <laughs> I'm gonna say something. I don't think we're in a three to four year rebuild because you just said we haven't seen a three to four year rebuild. How long? Forever. Okay. Yep. How not Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie will not allow this team True. to go into a three- to four-year rebuild. He'll spend money, too. I don't True. think sure. as soon as the cap cleans up in 2022, he is going to send every single penny of it to get every single asset he can in here. Jeffrey Lurie, I know everybody loves him, and I've talked about it before. Jeffrey Lurie cares about one thing, trophies and his ego and his image in his Hollywood elitist circles where he cares more about Oscars than he does Super Bowls, okay? He wants to win just for one reason, to hold a trophy up. 
We're not going to go through a three- to four-year rebuild because he's not going to let the team get to that. He'll fire Sirianni in two years if he has to. He'll cut Jalen Hurts if he has to. He'll do whatever it takes to have a one-year off and then be right back to contending the next year. Last 30 years, Eagles, mm. Every the last 30 years, every head coaching change and every new head coach to come in has not been more than the second season that they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I saw that YouTube post it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a little bit so, different circumstance. I'll say I'll say uh, when Ray, when Ray Rhodes came in, he had players in he had players in place. When Andy came in, he had players in place. There were cornerstones on this roster. And I feel I'll say Lurie Lurie hasn't gone through a rebuild. I'll say, yeah, no. we have gone through some losing seasons, and the fact that he is allowing Hallie Roseman to try to revamp and rebuild this roster and this franchise that he burned to the ground to begin with, that's that's the worrying so that's the worrying some part, and we still have so many glaring holes at key positions. We still don't know what we have at, uh, at, at quarterback. We have a new head coach, which we don't know if he's going to pan out. Which I agree with Phil. I don't think he's going to have that short of a leash or uh, that long uh, long of a leash uh, that some people might think. So I I I, I, I honestly feel it's going to be three to four years. Even I think Howie Roseman said at least uh, he feels when he does rebuilds, it's about a three year process. Next year they're chalking up. A loss to begin with, so that I feel gives them at least two more years after that. But I agree with you; they cannot. This organization, this franchise, and this fan base is not going to not allow and not going to accept right. losing football in this city. It's right. way too long. And you look at all of the Philadelphia. Like the reason why the Sixers got away with the process was because yes, people love the Sixers, but the Eagles are on a whole nother level. You are not going to be allowed to do a full process as a Philadelphia Eagle, which is what this team needs, but you won't be allowed to do it. So I understand the point where that, you know, after a year and a half, it's going to be just chucking money at the problem. But then, okay, so you chuck money at the problem in two years. The third year, you start to do some things. The fourth year, you do some things. And then are we right back here in year five? Could be. Oh, sorry. Go. No, he said could be, and you know it's just Nick. Nick, Nick Sirianni was brought here for two reasons. He mm-hmm. was either the quote unquote traditional the the transitional champion, you know, use a wrestling term for you know Jeff there and all. He's either here to transition over the next year, year and a half into the you know the next set of winning years, or because. Jeffrey Lurie gets really lucky that he turns into being a mastermind head coach like he did with Andy Reid. It's one or the other. He's either going to be gone in a year and a half or he's going to bring us back to the playoffs year in and year out. But we don't know that yet. I I think that actually he gets a full two to three years. Yes. Because – Year and a half to two years max. Because Jeffrey Lurie has laid the foundation of next year is going to suck, so we're not even counting next year. I think the real clock is going to start on him the following season. Especially we'll if we'll Jalen Hurts we'll isn't the guy that. and they have to draft the quarterback in 2022. Yeah. So if it, but yeah, because uh, let's they, wrap this show up here. We're at an hour and 10 minutes. My hot tub out by the mountains there is calling <laughs> my name. It's my last <laughs> night in the hot tub on the creek here, the river here. So we got to wrap this show up here again. This is the All About the Birds weekly report. This was the Stay or Go episode. We we're talking all the free agents and everything else. We got Chip above me. We got Johnny over there. Hey, look, I got the pointing right that time. Yeah. Got, got Jeff right up there and all. I am Phil Stifle. 
our weekly shows. We're all about the birds, but we're all about everything, actually. We're all about Philly sports. We're all about sports. Monday nights, you got Chips and Dish at 8 o'clock. He had a great show this week. Next week, do you have any guests lined up for next week? Yeah, uh, I have a split singer. I forget his name now. JT. Week, right? I had JT from the band. I, I, split decision. I was watching Split Decision 15 years ago in bars. So, so I, I've known JT for, for 15 years myself. Um, and we just, I had him on and we talked sports. So I think I might, again, as a lead singer in a cover band myself, I might start leaning towards some of my music people, bringing them to I talk on sports. I love the music scene in Philly. We could do a whole show. There's a guy that's asking me to be on the show just to talk music. Um, We could do a music show on this network. We're all about all shows. So you got Chips and Dish, Mondays, talking all sports. Tuesday nights with myself and Jason Sullivan, Fairway to Heaven. If you're not watching our golf show, you do not need to wait till fantasy football season comes back around to make money. I cashed in five of my seven lineups last week. Jason and I have called the last four outright winners on PGA Tour events. This week, I've got bets on Webb Simpson and Patrick <clears throat> Reed in outright. There's a good chance that I might be right on that because our, our record shows it. So make sure you're tuning in to Fairway to Heaven on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock. you got Wednesdays. you got this show every week. We'll be back next week, 9.15 as always. you got Saturday nights. You've got the AT Birds Draft Show. Do you have any guests lined up this week? Uh, we do. This week we have from 4th and John, Soko. He's going to come on. Uh, he's okay. on the show. I think that's so. Yeah, Soko's a great up. guy. Really and building himself up there big time there over so at 4th and John. Yep, we're going to be breaking down some linebackers and some defensive backs. So a lot of defense, which the Eagles need. And then next week, uh, the following week, is going to be another pretty big guest that I'm not going to announce yet. But it's something for the future. But it's, it's good stuff for the draft talk. Next week on our show on Wednesdays, we've got Mike Kay from NJ.com. Excellent writer. I've been following him for a long time. I hope I never said anything awful to him. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've been him a few times. I hope not. Hopefully, He's I got the receipts if you do. Questions there. But he'll be on our show next week at 9.15. We're going to get his. He covers that team inside and out every single mm-hmm. week. If you don't follow Mike Kay on Twitter or, or his website, NJ.com, where, where he writes, I mean, you're missing out on one of the best beat reporters there is that cover the Eagles inside and out. We'll get that inside perspective from him. Jeff, what's the next show you're on? I'll say Friday night, uh, we'll be recording the first inaugural episode of Birds, Beer, and BS on the uh, All About the Birds Network. Uh, it'll be on YouTube exclusive uh, for the first couple weeks, and then we'll probably go live. But make sure to subscribe to the YouTube uh, All About the Birds channel for that episode. We'll be talking, uh, getting my cousin Peanut's opinion on Carson Wentz, uh, along with the rest of – Eagles, anything we want to talk about, sports. And what's beer. the name of the show again? Birds, beer, or beer and birds? Birds, beer, B and BS. There we well, go. I love it. I love it. If anybody wants their own show, if anybody wants to write, we're looking for more content. I use the word content producers over and over again. We're looking for people to write, create more videos, have their own show, reach out to the AAT Birds mm-hmm. you know, account, reach out to any of us individually. We're more than like, we got golf, we got baseball, we got Beer. We got rock and we roll. Hockey we have, now. We have, we, we hockey have five now. shows on our network. We could do fifteen shows on this network. So reach out to us yeah. to join the team. And the but other that, thing to, to tie into that before before we do that, we are also now building with sponsors and sponsorships. Um, mm-hmm. All about the birds is already sponsored uh, by 99jersey.com, by livebeard.com, and by hempbomb.com. Uh, if you are interested in sponsoring and getting your local business 
promoted and hell even getting onto a show to talk about your business and or sports reach out to us we have sponsorship packages available to you um so so get in while the getting's good yeah i mean and we we, we have sponsorship packages set up for everybody but we could customize it to your needs you know if you just want to come on as a guest to promote an event of yours just let us know we can make a deal for you to customize it to each and every one of you you know yeah, I mean, I don't want to end with a bad comment, Joshua. We'll throw it up there on the screen for you. But that's 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 too negative. We'll end with fire right there. There we go. As no, we end he, every he's show. the show was fire. He's saying it was hot. We were good. So right. that's what he meant. The organization, not All About the Birds, the Eagles organization. Yeah. The Eagles organization is in trouble. We, the All About the Birds Network, are on fire. We all thank you up. all so much. Our subscriber counts, our followers, everything's going through the roof. Our viewership's on this show, through the roof every single week. We're getting to the point where we're getting 10,000 views on this network a week. So we thank you all. Hit follow, hit share, hit subscribe, hit retweet, hit it all. Make sure you're following all four of us as well. You got Chip for the Burrs. You got Jeff Warner NFL, Johnny U 9322, and Beard of Knowledge, best since day one. Um, on that note, as we end every show, guys. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go birds. Go birds.